Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry. Only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands. All hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. It's the Round the Rock Podcast, starring Dave Schilling, Toby Bailey, Bo Outlaw, Joey Devine, Ramil Robinson, Utah Tabuse. Sean King, DJ Strawberry, Dijon Thompson, Patreons, Jeff Pop, thank you, Jeff, Jordan Smith, thank you, Jordan, and Deadball Soul, we're sorry, we're contacting Rob Liefeld right now. Musical guest, Mr. Mister! And now, the temporary host of Rumble Rock, Joey Devine! Hi, it's me, Joey Devine, your temporary host of the Roundball Rock Podcast, and we are back with a brand new episode, but Ghost of Don Pardo, don't go anywhere! You what? need to say the name of our special guest from the Akron Rubber Ducks! Oh, yes! Don Pardo forgot! Sometimes it's hard to keep track of these things in the afterlife! Special guest, Jim Thander from the Akron Rubber Ducks! Wow, that is the first time we've ever played the entire Saturday Night Live song. <laughs> uh, welcome back. It's an emergency podcast because, Sean, I'm not going to do an intro because it's an emergency. Yes. Poku got waved. 
No! Poku got waved, Sean! Why? Why was he waved? <laughs> well, he wasn't very good. What? But Sean, I want to kick it off real quick. What are you going to miss most about Poku in the NBA? Um. Okay, so... I really like his hairline. Mm -hmm. Um, I really like his just general silhouette that he has because it's unlike, I think anyone who's ever lived on the earth, Mm -hmm. uh, has really had these dimensions. Like it really seeing Poku play reminded me of being a kid and discovering, uh, the Guinness book of world records for Mm -hmm. the first time. Absolutely. Because he looks like Robert Wadlow, the tallest man of all time, mm-hmm. in that, like, it feels like being that size almost just, like, hurts on a day-to-day basis. Uh, so he goes down in history with uh, the fat twins on motorcycles. Well, I was going to say, <laughs> the interesting thing about Poku in the Guinness Book of World Records is uh sometimes he would like make do a crazy thing that made me feel the same awe as the first time i saw those twins on motorcycles <laughs> yeah <laughs> he i mean would do cool things uh yeah he just couldn't get it together i the thing i'm gonna miss most about poku is seeing him in street clothes and him looking like he was a member of Lincoln Park. Like, that's how he dressed. <laughs> he was the only NBA player I've ever seen who I was like, I think he's going to get gauges. Yeah. Um. <laughs> or, yeah, like, I thought he was either going to get gauges or, like, gout. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if that, actually, you probably don't get gout if you're tall and skinny like that. I don't know yeah. that much about it, except that it's the rich man's it's disease. It's disease, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, um, well, but rest in Poku. Isn't um, somebody going to pick him up? Isn't this guy, like, way better than a lot of the I would think dudes so. are getting picked up? I mean, I guess maybe it's, like, so late in the season. I don't know if you actually, like, I don't think you gain any rights for next year. You so maybe like, it's a... You can't sign him to a two-way, right? He's played too many NBA games. Uh, he can sign a two-way, I he believe. Let's year four. Well, you can do it if you're. Let's you wait. can do it if you're in four or less. <laughs> well, um, the Warriors maybe shouldn't have signed a professional lacrosse player and waited a day. <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it, he's. It, it's just tough because it, it it's it's they're they're the Oklahoma City Thunder because their prospects all play in Thunderdome where they fight each other to the death <laughs> every year for playing time. And now it's like even crazier because they're are they the number one seed in the West right now? They're second. They're, they're second, second right now. Uh, the, but the, the unstoppable T Wolves are first, right? It's also wild that uh, have you watched the Thunder recently? Uh, yeah, I watched some of their game against uh, the Clippers. They uh, it the is shit out of the Clippers. <laughs> Yeah, and they're leading the league in blocked shots. Yeah. And I understand that they have Chad Holmgren, who is blocking a lot of shots, but, like, everybody is blocking shots. They contest so many shots at the rim. It's crazy. Like, SGA should not be getting a block every game, and he is. He's very tall. It's, he's very it's, well, he's long. He's not tall. He's long. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, your point guard – 
doing that if he's i mean obviously all respect to Derek white the greatest shot blocking guard uh we yeah i mean he is tall he is he is really tall but uh it's just it's just crazy um how aggressive their defense is it's like i don't i feel like there's not other teams that play like that anyway um fills in all the gaps uh, with his Mr. Fantastic uh, weirdo body. <laughs> which need, which means the the weirder, less effective uh, Reed Richards body uh, does not work. I mean, I would have kept Poco and just with Josh Giddy personally, but... Yeah, uh, why not? Yeah. Um... <laughs> the other thing is that Josh Giddy kind of stinks, Joey. Yes, that's what I'm saying. Josh Giddy definitely stinks. Um... He's like... it. It's so weird that he was... I mean, it's not weird because he's a third-year player. They took sixth in the draft. But uh, get, get a little more Wallace action in there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Isaiah um, Joe, let him eat. Well, Isaiah Joe's t- – they, they're not even really playing Gordon Hayward that much. <laughs> yeah, he's playing like – he's played one game. Well, he's only been on the team for one game. True. But, like, last night when Giddy was stinking up the joint, I was like, this is why you traded for Gordon Hayward. Put <laughs> yeah, like, like, put this in. Because now it's like Chet shooting threes, Dort shooting threes. Jalen Williams is – so uh, apparently the best player in basketball. They have awesome. so many guys who can shoot threes out. It's crazy. I love the Thunder, man. Oh, um, my God. This is a scary team. And I'm sorry that Poku couldn't make it, but I, I honestly don't even really feel like it's, like, an indictment of him. No. It's almost like they're releasing a beautiful unicorn into the wild yeah. because they didn't have enough, uh, like, rainbows to feed him. <laughs> Um, anyway, uh, I would, Joey, do you want Poku on the Warriors next year? Yeah, uh, I want Poku. Yeah, 100%. Poku on the Warriors Everybody should year. want Poku. Um, I should say, while we're talking about the Thunder, Doc Rivers had a big week, and one of the things that went under the radar was his lie about SGA. Did you see that, Sean? <laughs> he had another lie? Okay, yeah, what was that? He lied. He said he claimed... That when they signed Kawhi Leonard, he tried to talk to him into not demanding for Paul George because of how good SGA is going to be. Didn't he also say that he was the one responsible for bringing James Harden to uh, Philadelphia? Uh, That sounds right. I don't know. There were so many things going on with him this week. (laughs) I I mean, I I love that he... He just lies with such confidence. Well, you know what? Like when he was Let's... explaining why he lost so many 3-1 leads and just like started declaring these things. And it was like, wait, that you're so you're so confident, but you were there. That didn't happen at all. Uh, I mean, while we're bringing him up, let's I mean, let's just jump to the news then, huh? OK, great. Um... great. This is Round Ball Rock News basketball news for humans and robots trust the process okay sean even though it was a everyone had a week off from watching basketball uh it was a big week for doc rivers can you walk us through what happened to him this week yes so uh first of all he uh he, he won the All-Star game. Mm-hmm. You know, we actually have a reader question about this. 
Okay, so let me know. let's uh all right, I'll play the reader question. Hold yeah, on. I think I think that'll bring us in really nicely. Okay, all right. Um Hey drops, John and Joey. Drops, drops. This... Hold on, Sorry. hold on. I was just gonna play the voicemail. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I got excited about the drops. All right, I'll play the drops. You don't have to play the drops. I just wanted to yell it like I was at LMFAO. <laughs> Sean and Joey can't come to the phone right now, but luckily phones are the domains of me, a robot. If you know the extension of Tillman Fertita, please dial it now. Press 1 to have a single beer with Zach Lowe. Press 2 for Senegal-related inquiries. Press 3 for Movie Times read by Brooke Lopez. Press 33 to hear problematic things Bill Simmons wrote in the early 2000s. Press 0 at any time to leave a message for Sean and Joey. That's right, you two can leave a message for Sean and Joey, just dial 323-682-0342. Once again that number is, 323-682-0342, please give me a call, being a robot is a solitary road. Our friend John L. asked something about Doc Rivers. Here we go. Hey, Sean and Joey. This is John L. Um, calling because uh, I guess I'm calling on February 13th. Uh, Doc Rivers right now is 3-5 and five since he took over the Bucks. Uh, even if they win the next couple day games, the best he could be is 500 uh, before the All-Star break. Joe Prunty uh, went 2-1. and one. Uh, Adrian Griffin went 30 and 13. Uh, so, uh, my question, of course, is Joe Prunty coach of the year? Thank you. It's really a great question. And Joe, yeah. Joe Prunty is always the interim coach of the year. That's true. Every That's year. true. He's on the Mount Rushmore of interim coaches. It's just mm-hmm. four Joe Pruntys. It's four Joe Pruntys. Yeah. <laughs> um, JB Bickerstaff is too good a coach. He actually, they had to chisel him off interim coach Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Maybe Frank yeah. Hamblin. Has Frank Hamblin been a interim coach a lot. Jim Clemens I think might be on that. Yeah, Del Harris was also, if you go back probably was an interim coach a couple of times um, mm-hmm. um, but Joe Prunty is the interim coach in all of our hearts and minds. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way Doc Rivers did not get to 500 he coached the All-Star game with a 3-7 and seven record as a head coach but he won one third of his total career wins for Milwaukee during that amazing all-star game, coaching them, uh, drawing up some amazing three-point shot plays uh, from half court, uh, just a dramatic coaching performance. And, uh, you know, Bill Simmons said that a lot of those Easter Conference all-stars fell in love with Doc's offense during the game. So there's a good chance they can leverage that to um, sign some premium free agents mm-hmm. in the, yeah. Yep. Do you remember when Bill Simmons said that about Brad Stevens, Jeremy? <laughs> I do. I do remember <laughs> that. Yeah. Um, uh, but, well, let's talk about, we're not, we're still not even at the Doc News this week. Oh, you're right. So, um, Doc's News this week, he uh, he won the All-Star game. Uh, and then he, yeah, claimed he didn't want to trade SGA, claimed 
he brought James Harden to Philadelphia. And then his former player turned on him. J.J. Redick Mm -hmm. got mad at Doc Rivers. And um, J.J. Redick uh, maybe showing some of his true colors a little bit. Uh, He ranted a bit about Doc Rivers. And um, he says he's not not sorry. Uh, Mm -hmm. He ripped Rivers for not taking any accountability ever because he uh, he he complained about how difficult it was to take over a team midseason. Well, we should also say that Doc also lied about this being like, I was surprised that the Bucks hired me. Oh, I don't <laughs> know what I'm doing. And then also yeah. was like bragging. Also, two other teams who haven't fired their coaches yet were trying to hire me, wink. (laughs) So he said, he said, I've seen the trend for years. The trend is always making excuses. Doc, we get it. Taking over the team in the middle of the season is hard. It's always an excuse. It's always throwing your team out of the bus. There's never accountability with that guy. We should also also then say... This isn't even this most controversial thing J.J. Reddick said this week either. Big week for a couple of losers. (laughs) Yeah. uh, And then, um, well, so so here's what I'll... Okay, so I'm just going to... Before we address the substance of these controversial comments. uh, So Patrick Beverly jumped in Mm -hmm. afterwards and uh, said that... uh, uh, Doc Rivers had had revitalized JJ Reddick's career because he was not a starter beforehand and uh then uh you know became one uh with the Clippers and signed a big contract and let me find the uh let me find the well and then JJ was like actually um I was getting paid thirty million dollars or whatever. No, no, no. He well, he said that uh, he said that he had an offer to be a starter, which was like the same money and the same contract. Uh, um, which why can I not find true. an article I wrote? <laughs> Recapping um, all of this. Uh, anyway, he. Uh, Uh, so, so yeah, Patrick Beverly basically, and JJ Reddick did have another contract offer. It was with the Minnesota Timberwolves. People kind of knew that at the time, but I don't know that Patrick Beverly was noting all the transactions as he was trying to uh, injure Russell Westbrook. Break into well and yeah. break into the league <laughs> by breaking. Um, uh, and then uh, Doc Rivers, uh, sorry, uh, Austin, Austin Rivers. Rivers. Proving that blood is thicker than water. Mm -hmm. Because, as we all know, Austin and Doc don't exactly have a healthy relationship. uh, No, I would say that that's that's probably come up a few times before yeah. <laughs> uh in things that we've heard about because Austin, you know doc was doc's dad was there and he didn't uh it wasn't it wasn't around all the time you know um but then uh so Patrick Beverly, I money in was... various arenas like johnny appleseed yeah he um, he also yeah. did that so <laughs> Patrick Beverly said uh yeah that uh Anyway, uh, so then we got then we got Austin Rivers jumping in and saying that uh, his dad always 
does get blamed. And he said, in terms of accountability, because JJ Reddick said that uh, Rivers didn't take accountability, your best years in the NBA were when you played for him in the Clippers. It's just very ironic and kind of weird that you have this energy towards him. So, Sean. Yes. Before we get into what happens next. Yeah. We have JJ Reddick. Yes. We have Austin Rivers. Mm -hmm. We have Pat Beverly. Yeah. Is this our first three-way podcaster war? I forgot Austin Rivers was a podcaster, honestly. He has a podcast for The Ringer. Um, I totally forgot about that. Uh, Yes. Uh, There's there's (laughs) even more terrible podcasts. I have a feeling that this next guy might have a podcast that's only available on the dark web, however. Um, but uh, I'm because just like, how, did Town ever fight with like Joe Rogan, and then Joe Rogan also fought? Like, is this? Yeah, I think I think this has happened. This is before. our first. Oh, you think this is how you think there's been a three way uh, podcast war before? Um, like with right. Chapo Trap House or yeah. something? <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, well, it'll definitely don't it they definitely... fight with everybody? <laughs> well, no, it would be. Um... Red Scare. Red Scare would. Red has, Scare. Has love it or leave, leave yeah. it. Love it. <laughs> call your daddy. Uh, and s- call your daddy Smartless and Red Scare all got in that fight one time. I forgot. Oh, and then my brother, my brother and me jumped in. And <laughs> I don't even know what that podcast is. Uh, okay, so next, uh, Spencer Hawes, famed uh, NBA conservative legend Spencer Hawes, tweeted statistically inaccurate statement but if we want to talk about someone whose career got saved by doc frog emoji coffee Uh is that is that like a pepe thing why is it a frog and a coffee oh that's kermit Kermit the the frog frog. drinking the tea but it's definitely coffee in this Um, <laughs> I just think I think he I think he's shouting at Pepe too. No, really you know, I mean he. I, I he do like that. Put an AK forty seven down that he was shooting at a, uh, uh, like a target of Doctor Fauci. Yeah, yeah. To tweet that. Yeah, um, it, I do like that his uh, display handle is Spence Needle. Also, I like that he uh, shames the Oklahoma City Thunder for. I also uh, like that. Sonic. So you know yeah. what. Maybe maybe he's okay. And then uh, no. Marcine Gortat also jumped in. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did Marcine Gortat say? Marcine Gortat agreed with JJ, right? He agreed with JJ. Yeah, uh huh. It's like not. Uh, it was just like a thumbs up emoji or something. Yeah, it was like a yeah. thumbs up emoji. Was he just jumped <laughs> yeah. in? And uh, Gortat was not on the Clippers very much. Now my take on this is, um. Maybe this is a sign of why the Lob City Clippers are like one of the most disappointing teams in NBA history. <laughs> right? Like, like, like they had an MVP candidate, oh, Hall of Fame point guard. They had Blake Griffin, who made I think five All Star teams and was third in the MVP voting. They had DeAndre Jordan, who, rightly or not, was first team All NBA. Mm-hmm. They had a Six Man of the Year every season, and that wasn't JJ Redick because he started. You got a starting offer for that team and they collapsed over and over again. Mm -hmm. Like, and they're quick. Like, do you think that this has to do with the personalities of the players involved? Or is that kind of like a doc rivers thing? I don't think it's actually a doc rivers thing because 
the as weird as that Celtics team was, they're still mm-hmm. all pretty tight, except with Ray Allen, who betrayed them. And they yeah. like to they'll even like, you know, they're like, oh, look, big babies here. We yeah, love yeah. big baby, <laughs> even though they big, clearly hate big baby. <laughs> big baby. Big baby is like the guy when you're coming back to your hometown and you're like, oh, big baby still sitting in the same Barstool. Yeah. Um, hey, Glenn, hey, Glenn. And um, I don't do remember. Think, no, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, and I don't remember the magic having this sort of problem, except for people dumping on T Mac constantly, which was yeah. not the players, though. That it wasn't was like, the no, 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 no. That was like the Skip Baylesses of the world. No, they um, actually, they actually seem to kind of get along well. Yeah. It's just. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's it's tough. Like the Grant Hill situation was so incredibly weird and unprecedented. It's sort of hard to judge. Uh, yeah. But yeah. And the I don't Sixers remember Daryl Armstrong and Mike this, Miller fighting. The Sixers were doing this before Doc got there. Like yeah. Jo- like Joe Owen Bead and Doc are similar in that they're amazing at pointing fingers away from themselves <laughs> yeah but they all got together to yeah. make uh they the, i didn't hear any music. stories about fighting on the set yeah. of hustle oh no not so. at all um so i think this is clipper specific i think so too um okay jj reddick question now when I also, he's oh god before we get into that i yeah, yeah. don't think players like jj reddick no, and I, I think that, players view yeah. him as a traitor now. Who's like, uh, you know, telling people's business, kind of talking shit. Yeah, he's and, he's sided with the media in the players versus media war. I will say it is telling that uh, the people that went to defend JJ Redick are probably not the people he wanted to defend him. Mm-hmm. Because Spencer Hawes, uh, big Bush supporter, some right-wing politics, uh-huh. Marcin Gortat probably has, I mean... But also, who knows if Marcin Gortat was really defending JJ? He might just be like, oh, JJ said something, thumbs up. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, who Well, knows? exactly, but I'm just, I'm just saying, <laughs> JJ, JJ is, whether... Whether like intentionally or unintentionally skewing a little bit uh, suburban dad, let's Uh say. Let's say it sounds like he went to Duke. He is sort of Mm -hmm. fulfilling his destiny. Sounds like he's like a guy who maybe started a fight in a charter preschool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy, (laughs) yeah, a guy who got a a preschool whose wife got a preschool teacher fired. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. this is this kind of behavior, and a lot of it's like. I just feel like he's aiming his aiming his podcast a little bit more towards the Skip Bayless track. Mm-hmm. Which is uh, interesting because a day later he went on TV and called all NBA fans stupid or whatever because what they they don't, oh, they don't want to break down about basketball. Well, and it was so dumb too, because he's <laughs> like, Hey, I made fun of a coach and that got plenty of views. It's like, well, I mean, weren't you kind of yeah, like you you're, you're consciously trying you know. to get yeah. <laughs> also you're consciously trying to get engagement. That's why yeah. <laughs> you did your podcast with like your does your whole career is designed to do that. Mm-hmm. And 
clearly breaking down plays. Also, maybe people don't want to hear JJ Reddick breaking down plays. <laughs> well, maybe I they mean, don't want to be like lectured that much. Uh, I mean, I said this when it happened. Everything I learned about basketball, I learned from Muse Cage. Yeah, which was exactly. both entertaining and educational. Watching Kobe Bryant talk to that puppet. So uh-huh. eat it, JJ. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, love what, those weird psychotic nursery rhyme songs. <laughs> yeah, why don't you come to Canvas City and then yeah. we'll talk. Uh, which, by the way, if we haven't talked about that in a while, please, for the love of God, if you're out there, look up episode one of Kobe Bryant's Muse Cage, a thing ESPN actually aired on TV. Will Little Mamba and the they definitely ever on television. <laughs> they definitely forced Kobe to. Well, I mean. It definitely, as it went on, was just kind of him breaking down film. Yeah, because and they they kind of abandoned. They were like, uh, we can't do a half an hour of you talking to a puppet. This is too weird. This is like <laughs> mescaline NBA, Mister Rogers neighborhood yeah, right now. That's exactly um, what it is. It's amazing, and it's like if Mister Rogers was a sociopath. Like, yeah, because the lesson is like you have to be fueled by your haters. Yeah, yeah, it's like, hey, kids. <laughs> Yeah, it's like uh, Emperor Palpatine if he hosted, yeah. like, Romper Room. Yeah. Oh, man. Sorry for the muse cage. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, is that... And that's, yeah, so that's, like... It's crazy that it's, like, breaking down this much. But it was predictable because the Bucks are now full of um, dudes who just can't help themselves... From talking, and I feel well, like they all lie too. Did yeah. you see Giannis's amazing lie about the Bucks this week? What was his lie? His lie was, "It's Dame's team." I've told him this multiple times. It's Dame's team now. Uh, like Just he's in- gonna get the ball. I. It's not on me. I'm. It's we're Dame's team. This is Dame's team. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a weird one. Um, also, yeah, he also. Yeah, he just lies now. And he it's weird because he had this this uh reputation for just like straight up honesty. Like yeah. I lost in the series, but that doesn't define my life. And then people were like, wait, didn't you just lose to an, an eight seed when you were the top seed? Shouldn't that actually be something? He's like, it doesn't affect my life. And it's like, yes, it does. <laughs> of course you're not happy. Um well, and so you've got Dame Lillard and Chris Haynes. Just, they're good buddies. I mean, mm-hmm. look, that's fine. It's probably smart of him. I but... honestly kind of like it now. It's gotten to the oh, point yeah, yeah, where yeah. I like it. Well, I like Chris <laughs> Haynes is the thing. It's like, yeah. I mean, I, I don't really fault him for being good at the thing everybody's trying to do. Uh, it's just, that's, that's the thing. We're not hating on Chris Haynes. It's funny. It's yeah. funny that he gets these it's details. It's also funny that... Uh, Every Ramona Shelburne source is obviously Gina Bu- Jeannie Buss. Yes, yes. That's yeah, also, that's, it's, that's, also it's funny. It's funny. Yeah, it's, it's all funny. funny. <laughs> Dave McManaman's source is Rich Paul. It's funny. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's uh uh so that that part of it is that is entertaining. Is oh, also Chris Haynes is getting much more comfortable on TV. Yeah. Uh made a really Ramona, funny joke about that, Shaq. That was the funniest thing about that Lakers the Lakers Warriors LeBron rumor leaking and everyone was like, I wonder where this came from. Yeah. And you read it and it's like, 
the entire point of that leaking is Genie Bus being like, we're annoyed with LeBron. Um, <laughs> and yeah. this makes me look good because I was like, if LeBron wants to leave, he can. Yeah, yeah. Why don't you talk to him? <laughs> and then LeBron, LeBron's like, LeBron's like, well, I'm just gonna lie about this too. I didn't hear about it until it was in the yeah. paper. Like Le- LeBron and the Warriors were both mad that that leaked, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, they were, but but like he he also had to. He was just like, a lot of people are really lying. We got to show you who the biggest liar in the NBA is. <laughs> So, and again, it's harmless. It yeah. doesn't matter. Lying but is funny. Lying is funny. Lying yeah. is funny. There's, yeah. Uh, I mean, I want LeBron to lie more, honestly. Yeah, I want more lies. Give me more like, lies. I want to see him, like, with infinite jest during yeah. the playoffs I this year. And he's Doc- like, it's finally time. It's finally time to read my book for the playoffs. I want infinite jest by more. David Foster Wallace. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And I want Look. J.J. Reddick to start lying. <laughs> Yeah, he's actually revealing a little too much of his true self yeah. right now. Uh, so, yeah, um, it, what a surprise that a man like J.J. Redick, uh, I, I don't know, a man like J.J. Redick, that's not really fair, but he did go to Duke. He was like, when you're a, when you're a white hero like that, uh, anyway, uh, it's great. It's great. More lying, more J.J., more Let's Clippers. I want to fighting. Also, speaking yeah. of podcasters, that dude in Dallas last night, did you see this? Oh, yes. That... Uh, who called, That's the most embarrassing thing in the world. So he called Kevin Durant a bitch as Kevin Durant mm-hmm. ran out to shoot around. Yeah. And then got surprised when Kevin Durant was mad about it and went to talk to him. Yeah, and KD his, didn't even really seem that mad. His, it's his, just he was just like, "Don't call me a bitch." Yeah, like that's <laughs> but you don't know me. Can you hear him saying, "I'm a, I'm a podcaster." Ooh. dude, I have an NBA podcast that I'm not embarrassed about. But no, I would be embarrassed to tell Kevin Durant about it. That would be the oh, last. Yeah. If I met Kevin Durant, the last <laughs> thing I would tell him is I have a podcast. No, I mean I would try to talk to him about other things. I think he's inter- like anything yeah, else. Scarlett Johansson's bathwater. Yeah, um, or like <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's great watching you play basketball. Like yeah. you've brought me a lot of joy. Uh, <laughs> do you still talk to Ben Simmons? What's it like on the set of the boardroom? But also a guy calling a guy a bitch and then being like, I have a podcast. I have a podcast. It's like, like, oh, you can't hit me. I'm just a little guy. Would you hit a guy with glasses on? (laughs) (laughs) But also, like, if you know anything about Kevin Durant, you're like, hey, I just insulted you. But also, I'm your least favorite kind of person. Yeah. (laughs) That's just so you know. um, If you didn't hate me enough for... uh, cursing you out now to his credit he didn't kick the people out yeah Uh, i I kind of think that's gross they were gross they were gross i mean they probably should have been kicked out but it's actually so much cooler that they didn't it's like you know what he did it's like when someone is mean to you on twitter and you just mute them instead of blocking them Mm -hmm. so you don't he didn't give them the satisfaction of that screenshot to be like oh i got blocked for calling someone a bitch and instead, Kevin Durant just muted their commentary from the stance. That's why he's the most online NBA player of all time. But also, I only bring it up because 
we need less podcasts in the NBA, and that is why this is the final episode of Red Ball Run. The final episode, guys. Thanks for coming along on the ride. This is going to switch to a Cinenerdle recap yeah. slash Maxim Magazine rough. reread called Maximize Your Life. Uh, rough Cinenerdle movies today, by the way, Sean. Ooh, what are they? Uh, new Pet Cemetery and It and New It. I have um, no idea who's in the New Pet Jason Cemetery. Clark. Jason Clark is in the New Pet Ooh. Cemetery. But what's Jason amazing... Clark? Uh, Jason Clark, whose name is basically everybody else said no. <laughs> I yeah. guess he'll do it. He's like it, Jason Clark is like uh, um, it's Spencer is Hawes of Joel, Hollywood. Joel Edgerton. <laughs> um. Yeah. <laughs> um all right uh let's move on we have one more voicemail we got yeah this is a good question um and then we will talk to our friend jim from the akron rubber ducks yeah hey Ramball rock it's your pal jonathan calling from silicon valley the worst place in the world um i know that zach Lowe ad rates is uh tried and true tradition of, uh, you know, content for the show, but I was recently struck by um, how surprised and awkward he sounded uh, doing an ad read for eBay Motors um, and just how ridiculous he sounds doing it. Um, I think, he's, you know, he was like, who knew? And they make him say, like, burning rubber and weird stuff. Um, which I guess maybe he is more of a car guy now because I always picture him as being like still in New York, but I guess he's like out in the woods now. Um, but anyway, uh, my question is, uh, who are the most car guys in the NBA and who are the most, uh, war on cars, uh, kind of urbanist non-car guys in the NBA? Um, yeah. Take my question off the air. Okay, Sean, which NBA player most wants to live in a five-minute city or fifteen-minute oh, oh. city? What are those called? The- I don't remember, but I know yeah. what you mean. I mean, obviously, traditionally, it was Matt Bonner. Um, uh, I would also say Channing Fry, definitely like a like a ten-minute city man. Um, I don't get the sense that I kind of think that Kevin Durant likes to like bike and skateboard as well. Um, I don't, that's not at all possible in Phoenix, Arizona. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let me tell you that right now. Well, we know Kelly Oubre is a bike guy. We do know Kelly Oubre is a bike guy. Yeah. uh, Kevin Durant did manage to like, I think living with playing for the Nets and the Warriors really did kind of allow him to, not really drive a car. I've actually never seen. He's really not a car guy. Mm-hmm. Can, I don't remember any like. I don't know. As someone who, I feel like I've seen a lot of his Instagram. He's always like getting into cars mm-hmm. but, that someone else is driving. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, he definitely took the subway to go fight Michael Rappaport. In that's right, a cat stick. Yeah, uh, uh, Michael Rappaport has actually been banned from the subway, though. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the I have met Michael Rappaport before. Not bragging. Well, I made a joke about how he looks like Brian Scalabrine. Anyway, because uh, he's uh, a 
uh into genocide all right um he uh he got it he didn't do his weekend at Cobb's comedy club in san francisco in a month i don't know why oh no that's uh, this yeah, weekend i wonder why he's in he, he went to weird, go check out the choice. genocide sean all right go ahead oh right uh, okay sorry i forgot uh, um okay so so uh i would i'm just like my default is always to guys that like play in new york basically because it seems like it might be harder to have a car there i mean i know the knicks practice up in westchester but uh i kind of think that like i could see for, for well the guy the guy that does not fit that is obi Toppin. he's from ohio he loves tires he's not gonna uh he went to indiana car country here's but i, 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 I could see like guy is actually okay. The biggest car guy? I think no I, car guy. Uh, car guy. Oh, I think Kawhi Leonard is a huge car guy. Oh, um, because he lives in San Diego, uh. refuses to uh move to Los Angeles, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and takes helicopters everywhere, which means you know he's driving cars to the helicopter. Like he is. The, his carbon footprint is large. <laughs> well, wasn't JJ Reddick driving from Philadelphia to Brooklyn? I think he was taking the train. I thought he. I think I thought we assumed that, and then we found out he was driving. Well, okay. Because he had to way. listen to uh, talk radio, hot yeah. talk, Savage Nation, old Limbaugh <laughs> clips. Uh, yeah, I think I could see um, Tyrese Halliburton being like a weird car guy. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he drives like a Peugeot or something well, we know like Tim that. Tim Duncan's or... a car guy. Well, Tim Duncan is like literally running a body shop. Right, that's what <laughs> I mean. Tim Duncan runs like pimp my ride style Marvel uh-huh. Comics body shops. Um, so who do you think is most likely to have a car like Homer has in that episode of The Simpsons where Danny DeVito is his long lost car executive brother? Mm. With like a dome and a Lake Cucaracha oh, horn. I mean, other than Robin Lopez. <laughs> well, Robin Lopez would get that made. actual car. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, well, we know. Okay, here's the thing: we do know. Mm-hmm. We know. Um, Boris Diaw has that weird, insane like rv slash vanagon slash all-terrain vehicle yes because he did a commercial for it <laughs> hassan whiteside has that insane uh-huh. like like a, a try i think it's a trick that maybe is not legal on city streets because it breaks them mm-hmm. oh um, we know that one Plumley rides a unicycle so he's not a car guy. No, 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 no. Yeah. I don't think any Plumley is a car guy. They're devoted mm, to. I think burning. Marshall well, is. I think Marshall is a, pl- a car guy. Well, they're like art car guys for Burning yeah, no, Man. No, Marshall was a troop. Remember? <laughs> yeah, but he's he's always got to be on like a troop truck. You know, <laughs> he just he just hops in the back, Joey. He does. He goes where he's home. Okay, Lamelo. Wait, Lamelo's a car guy. Lamelo might be the biggest car guy in the NBA because he loves uh, taking a legal right turn. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh. Um. Here's a question. So Clay Thompson's a boat guy. He is a boat guy. Is he? Where does a boat guy land in this? Uh, this discussion. Yeah, boat guy feels not even like an NBA thing. I mean, well, but I just because... mean not even in the NBA terminology. I mean oh. in the terminology of like walkable city versus drivable city. Oh, interesting. 
because he lives, I believe Clay Thompson lives in the south part of San Francisco, a kind of like, I think he lives in Dog Patch, right? I don't know. I thought he was in the marina, but he might have moved. No, I think I think I think because of the stories about his boat, I believe he lives in like a new like house condo in an old warehouse district. Okay. Like like near a bunch of breweries and like a artisan coffee shop. It's that like bad barbe- white people barbecue place. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> and like a lot of parklets in Clay's oh, neighborhood, I yeah. think. Um Clay, I don't think is a car guy at all. I mean, I think he, I think he would, if he were like, say he, I would not have been surprised if a younger Clay Thompson would have just lived in like the Millennium Towers, which are, if you're listening to this outside of San Francisco, they're these giant luxury apartment tower that like uh, many, many San Francisco giants live there and would take like electric scooters to the ballpark. It's pretty close. Also, we should say not to be confused with the Millennium Tower that you always have to fight in at the end of the Yakuza games. Yes, that's very important. It is is. It is just (laughs) poorly engineered and slowly. What's that? Not dissimilar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's also slowly tipping over because Mm -hmm. it's been built on uh, like filled in. Yeah, yeah, what's uh, yeah. uh, that part of San Francisco is not real. Um, okay, uh, but yeah, like I guess urbanist guy, I would not be surprised if uh, Grady Dick was an urbanist guy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I think Grady Dick general, likes a walkable city. Toronto Raptors are not car guys. Yeah, and I think because I think public transportation is really good in that mm-hmm. city. Yeah. Not that I've done anything but drive in Toronto, but (laughs) we lived not in a yeah, anyway. All right, Sean, we gotta move on. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk Sean. There was huge news this week. Mm -hmm. And I think we're gonna be the only podcast that has this guest. (laughs) Um the Akron Ducks, the minor league baseball team of the Cleveland Guardians this week, announced that. Later this summer, they're having Brian Windhorst night. That's amazing. Incredible. Akron's favorite son. Uh, Yeah, and so once we read about this, I immediately sent an inquiry to, uh, because I'm a journalist. We're becoming real. We're not just two bozos anymore. We are people who will cold send emails to organizations to ask for interviews yes and we talked to uh, fander from the akron ducks about uh, akron rubber ducks joey you gotta respect the industry of the town oh man and ernie (laughs) from sesame street that's uh, true my best friend for so many years um yeah the double a affiliate of the cleveland guardians yeah um we talked to jim from the akron rubber ducks about the genesis of brian windhorse night uh and you let's hear that right now oh great uh this is jim fander am i saying that right that's correct from the akron uh rubber ducks and uh we were very excited to learn that the rubber ducks are having a brian windhorst bobblehead night for uh akron's akron's other favorite son would you say (laughs) absolutely brian is a big cult hero here in akron 
he's a cult hero here in California too, so it makes sense. <laughs> we love him so much. He's our favorite guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, it it feels like he's he's great, and it's just it feels so improbable that he's become a superstar, and yet you know came from Akron, lives in uh, Omaha, Nebraska, I believe, which is not normally where uh nba newsbreakers live yeah but it's fantastic <laughs> it's it's really amazing so um did you okay first of all can you tell us how you got uh how how the bobblehead how you got the idea for the bobblehead night basically? yeah absolutely so you know every year we try to do something you know unique to our area and unique to akron and i think we've done all kinds of things like we've done a um uh, kind of a rock and roll series of artists from Akron. So we've done, you know, a Black Keys bobblehead and Chris oh. from the Pretenders. And so we've always tried to do something that was uh, Akron centric, Akron unique. And, you know, as we were just kind of brainstorming as a staff and thinking, boy, who would be a great person to honor this year? You know, Brian's name was at the top of the list. And, uh, and so we were really excited when we were like, okay, it would be great to have Brian here. And then, you know, I know he's got his Olympic schedule this, this summer. So, you know, could you know? Could it be? A, could he be able to attend the game? You know, so like we we were just kind of throwing around a bunch of different ideas, and uh, but when when Brian Stim was at the top of the list, we're like, oh, we have to make this happen. Yeah, it feels like, um, and again, it's a little bit of a surprise, but you have to realize that he now constantly has obligations to go to Paris, France, uh, because he's kind of the Victor Wembanyama whisperer yeah. as well as ESPN's <laughs> Olympic basketball correspondent. It's amazing. Um, so did you have to get Brian, did you get Brian's approval? Um, and I mean, I don't, I don't know what the rules yeah, are what with, are the uh, rules of making a bobblehead for some yeah, you know, Are there name and image bobblehead rights you have to obtain? Believe it or not, there is. So yeah. you know, we, we do, we went through the proper channels and, uh, you know, reached out to, to Brian, um, reached out to major league baseball for approval, you know, all that fun stuff. And, uh, when, when we got the green light from all the, uh, pertinent parties, we, we were just so excited, elated to the opportunity to bring Brian here and uh, really do a night for him. You know, it's it, it's fun to see there's there's a lot of folks from the Akron area that have had a lot of success. And, you know, whether it's here in Akron, Northeast Ohio, or whether they've gone on like Brian and, you know, to, uh, to, to the NBA and become, you know, incredible, you know, NBA writer and, you know, just kind of the, uh, you know, the, the guy that makes everything come to life all things NBA. And so uh, when that happened, we just, we got really excited and this is just, you know, we're able to send out the release and let people know. And, you know, the bobblehead manufacturers are hard at work uh, putting together the, uh, the bobblehead of Brian. Well, I'll have, you know, I have a friend who lives near Akron and I have already, uh, he's purchased a ticket just to get me this bobblehead and mail it to me. Well, I, <laughs> I have to say, we have a friend who lives near Akron who's going. We also have a friend who does not near, live yeah. near Akron who is also coming from North Carolina to wow. go to Windy wow. Bobblehead Night. So it's already making a huge impact. Uh, so I guess now, my question is, what's going on in Akron? <laughs> uh, did Which, you? I, oh yeah. What ahead. I would say back to you is, what isn't going on in Akron? Yeah. Right? You know, there, there's so much excitement here. I mean, like obviously, you know, having LeBron James and having his, uh, you know, presence in our community. While yes, he's in LA right now. But the LeBron James Family Foundation has done so much in our community. And so you think of folks like LeBron, 
You think of folks like Brian who, who, are, who are part of this community, they've grown up here and they're always giving back and they're always part of making sure that their hometown is in a great place to be successful. Well, so Sean it's and, fun to see that. Sean and I are actually friends with Akron native stand-up comedian River Butcher. So maybe nice. I'm just going to throw out maybe next year River Butcher bobblehead night. Just uh... Let's go. Let's go. We love, we love, we love those ideas. Now, was there a debate about what Poe the windy bobblehead would have <laughs> yes i mean there's always debates about you know you know is he is he going to be standing you know is he wearing a tie is he holding a microphone and then of course you know I, it seems like there have been a ton of feedback on what pose that they want to put yeah. him in well it's got to <laughs> be two fingers in the air asking about royce o'neill right <laughs> I, I saw something on get up this morning with uh, greenie he was talking about on espn about what pose they wanted to put him in so, like I, this thing has caught a life of its own so um we're, we're just so excited for brian i mean like Again, you know, you think about the schools that he was a part of when he was in Akron, you know, St. Vincent, St. Mary's. Of course, he was there before LeBron was there, mm -hmm. kind of paving the way for LeBron. Um, you know, the University of Akron and even St. Sebastian, uh, you know, elementary school. These schools are so proud of him, so excited for him to be here and and hopefully, uh, you know, and, and try to get one of his bobbleheads. Yeah, that's Amazing. fantastic. It's, I love it, Jim. Uh, it's yeah, it's one of the now. I'm guessing that he's not really from Akron, but Steph Curry being born in Akron, I feel like that wouldn't be quite as popular with the uh, Akron community. Yeah, no, would be I my guess. Why that is. <laughs> Well, you I'm know, doing you know, the wind very... horse two fingers in the air post while asking you that question. Sean. Well, we're very proud of Steph Curry. We're proud of all the folks that are from Akron. But there were about a, there's like this uh, three year period, you know, where he's <laughs> not been the most popular guy in, in Akron because of uh, you know those those epic finals with the Cavs and the Warriors. But uh, so proud of Steph, and you know he's he's had an incredible career himself. All right, well that's that's fantastic. Uh, you know, thank you for coming on to talk about this. Can you give us the details of the night? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So September 14th, uh, it'll be Brian Windhorst bobblehead night. The first thousand fans that come through the gates receive a free Brian Windhorst bobblehead. Game starts at 6.05. Uh, gates will open then at 4.35. And uh, excited, to, excited to just have, you know, honor Brian that night. And so we made an invitation to have him throw the first pitch. We made the invitation for him to be here. You know, not sure if it'll line up with his schedule, but uh, Akron is incredibly proud of Brian and, and what he's, he's accomplished and uh, excited for Brian Windhorse night here at the ballpark in September. That's fantastic. Thanks, well, we're looking forward for yeah. River Butcher night, uh, Jim Jarmusch <laughs> bobblehead night. That's the other one I was going <laughs> to Let's pitch. go. Next year, right? Jim Jarmusch. Awesome. Maynard yeah. James Keenan night. Yeah. You could have it in a perfect circle. It'll all be fantastic. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Jim. And thank we're really you, excited about the game. Sounds good. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate yeah. it. And thank you so much. All right. Take it easy. All right. Thank you, Jim. If you're in the area, go immediately to the website and buy tickets for Brian Windhorse night. We want all the round ball heads to be there because we cannot. <laughs> um, Sean, is there anything else you want to talk about today? I want to talk about one quick. Well, uh yeah, one quick thing. Well, actually, I want to I want to just I want to set you up real quickly. Okay. I just want Let's you to set up. We've had about a we've had about a week of people being totally dismayed mm -hmm. 
by the NBA All-Star Game. Joey, I just want you to give us uh, a platform on, I want to give you a platform to tell our listeners mm-hmm. why it is not worth your time to complain about the NBA All-Star Game. There's no fixing the NBA All-Star Game because people have been complaining about fixing the NBA All-Star Game as long. It's the same thing as people saying uh, MTV doesn't play music videos anymore. (laughs) People have been saying that longer than they actually played music videos. And people have been saying we need to fix the All-Star Game longer than the All-Star Game was good. Part of what everyone is remembering, wow, they played so hard in the 80s and 90s, and that was because <laughs> there were three true psychos in the NBA who, if you didn't play hard, would, like, literally beat the shit out of you. <laughs> um, uh, and then after that, uh, the All-Star Games always sucked. If you go back to, like, 2001 and read a Bill Simmons column, he's saying we need to fix the All-Star Game. They only play hard in the last two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it always sucks. And it's not yeah. for you. It's for 10-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's a reason it's on at, like, 3 p.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> I, w- I will say... Uh... They should start it way earlier because of that reason. Like, that's why it's more annoying is that, like, I don't think it's as annoying to people on the West Coast. That's what I'm going to say. Because it's annoying if you're, like, a writer who had to stay up to watch it, and then it starts at 8.45 because there's three videos and a dance group, and every player intro is two and a half minutes long. But, yeah. I get that. But in California, you're like, wow, it's 530. I'm just, you know, <laughs> making dinner. Uh, yeah. It's fine. Um, but also, also, here's here's the other thing. People don't play. People only play hard in the fourth quarter. Yeah, that's true. So uh, when the game's close, it gets competitive at the end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tom Ziller had a really good um, explanation of this. It's just that people take so many more three pointers games are less likely to be close because when you're scoring more points, there's more variance. And so really what happened in this all-star game was that uh, people on the Eastern conference were making half court shots. Mm-hmm. And so they were up by 20 points because the Western conference was not doing that. There were like three block shots, the whole game. There were like three fouls, the whole game. Mm-hmm. You don't actually want guys to be like playing no layups defense in the all-star game. That would be insane. Yeah. Uh, it would because, be psychotic. And if it is close, like, like, so if, the, if, if it really bothers you that this fake game for nothing <laughs> isn't competitive, I don't know. You could just, I like, I mean, I, the only thing I would say is guys that are like old and don't want to do it, just let them opt out. It. Yeah. Like, like, like LeBron was hurt. And played the first half and then sat out. And it's like, you can just not do it. You know? Like, that's fine. It should be totally okay for him to just wave. Like, they play 82 games. No one's like, oh, why wasn't LeBron in the All-Star game jogging up and down the court? It's like, he did some dunks. He shouldn't even have to do that. It's his 21st All-Star game. But Let him wave. I actually think the outrage this week about people being mad, uh, like our age being mad about the All-Star game 
is inherently a problem with the society with uh millennial society oh yeah who don't thinking, remember anything no yeah thinking that things for children are for them and oh ruining it. yes like marvel movies teenage mutant ninja turtles <laughs> uh -huh. harry potter these yeah. are all things star wars these are all things 40 year olds have decided are for them and forever have them for the rest of their lives <laughs> like the all-star game is inherently for a 10-year-old to be like, I wonder what it would be like if Dominique Wilkins played with Michael Jordan. <laughs> well, I remember being worried about this. It was about it was about 20 years ago. And uh, a friend of a friend was showing off his uh, Rebel Alliance tattoo. And he was like 27 years old. And I remember thinking, you know you're going to have that the rest of your life. Like, are you going to be like, Still into Star Wars, twenty five years uh, later. True, you were and then wrong. he did. He yeah. did it, it. The tattoo told the future. Yeah, you um, were wrong, Sean. I was wrong. <laughs> he doesn't regret it at all. He's gotten more. Um, um, yeah, that is a weird like, and also it doesn't matter. You can just stop liking things, but you can also like the things, but or just keep liking there for ten year olds. <laughs> That's the answer. Yeah, is. <laughs> And it's you know like, what? Yeah, this, there are this... tons of things I do like that. I play Marvel Snap three uh -huh. hours a day. <laughs> but do you, but are you like getting on, you're not getting on the forums and just being like, Marvel Snap has fallen off. Yeah, it's woke now. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. And I'll, yeah, just have a, nor have a normal idea of the game. Yeah. Like, it's, um, like guys but, are going to throw alley-oops and shoot half-court shots and... Be silly, and that's if fun. they played if they played an intense uh, game. Also, they have tremendous financial incentives not to do that. I also think <laughs> they should just lean into it and make it more for ten year olds. Yeah. And it should be the NBA All Stars versus the Harlem Globetrotters every year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, but, but yeah. Sean let's see if let's see Kyrie. <laughs> I could I could see like. Kyrie having like a lot of theories about but, but the bucket so, of water that actually so, has confetti in it. And he's like, you know, I was watching some videos. You know what? And, that's how uh, you fix the all-star game. You make it the NBA all-stars versus the Harlem Globetrotters every mm -hmm. year. Um, but Sean, I want to ask you to prove my point. Uh -huh. You've watched every all-star game since you were probably 10 years old, right? Yeah, how many yeah I think memorable so. Memorable all-star games do you remember? Because I think there's like three in my mind. <laughs> yeah, it's like Michael Jordan's last game, which was uh -huh. like good and terrible. It was like it was great for good reasons and bad reasons. It made reasons. me love Sean Marion forever. Yeah, for, for blocking <laughs> for, Michael Jordan's yeah, fi final, final shot. shot. They were uh, so trying to get Michael Jordan to hit a game winner as a 41-year-old. And well, Sean Marion was like, no. Nope. Yeah. And KG. And then finally they got to double overtime and Kevin Garnett's like, I'm tired. I'm going to dunk it every yeah. time down. Um, um, so, yes, that's one. There's the Magic, uh, the Magic Johnson. Johnson game. Yeah. But I remember that. I remember that one also because um, I don't know why this happened, but my parents were going somewhere. And I think because it was uh, a three day weekend, they wanted to barbecue a turkey. And for some reason, I was entrusted with that job <laughs> to barbecue a turkey during the NBA All-Star game. Like, I'm not even sure I had house keys at that point. 
And it turned out really good, mainly because I was like a child who was terrified of messing up the turkey. So I think like I was just like basting it all the time. It was on a barbecue too. Like who cooks a turkey that way? And so the whole time, and I was also just like at the time thinking like, this may be one of the last times we see Magic Johnson alive. And then it turned out he's been a wonderful part of our lives for 30 years since and then. And will but, continue to be. Um, but also part of what made that game great was people being silly. Like, yeah. like it was guys were taking turns pretending to guard Magic Johnson closely. And then he made three pointers over them. It was great, <laughs> but it was like kayfabe yeah. anyway. Um, and then I kind of remember the year where Shaq and Kobe were co-MVPs and it was really awkward afterwards because I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure Shaq was on the Suns at that point. Yeah, I would, uh, there's also, okay, I remember another Kobe one. There was the one where he really wanted to win it in Philadelphia and it was actually bad. I remember it because it was bad. Yeah. He was like, well, it's I my hometown. It's Iverson versus Kobe and I'm going to prove that Philly's mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's, of course... And I only remember this because it's funny and recent. Uh -huh. There was Kyle Lowry taking like a million charges. Oh, yeah. Uh, which, again, is funny and kind of That bad. was in the Elam ending. Well, yeah. And also people people talk about that Elam ending game like it was amazing. The problem with the Elam ending is sometimes it just ends like that game did with Anthony Davis shooting a free throw. Mm -hmm. And like also, the most anticlimactic ending possible. And also, a 10-year-old doesn't know what the Elam ending is, and this is a game <laughs> yes. for 10-year-olds. Um, so again, like, yeah, just, just, just the best way to do it, I, I, my biggest, I wrote something about fixing the All-Star game, mm -hmm. um, and really my suggestions are just, fix yourself. they should wear the, the jerseys of their, what's that? <laughs> my, 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 my solution for fixing the All-Star game is, fix yourself, not the All-Star yeah. game. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was just like, uh, Adam Silver should stop complaining about the All-Star game uh -huh, all yeah. the time. And then the players should wear their own jerseys. Yeah. No, oh, and like started an hour earlier yeah. because <laughs> it's for children and they, they don't start it when it's at 845 on a Sunday night. Uh, like, yeah. And then also dunk contest. The dunk contest has been declared. It's the Saturday Night Live of All-Star uh -huh. Weekend where every year someone writes Saturday Night Dead. <laughs> Yeah, 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 and exactly. Then, like it's good one time, and everyone's like, "The dunk contest is back." Yeah. <laughs> Last here's, year, here's, people were saying the dunk contest is back. Was back and with the same year, guy yeah. winning. Yeah, and this year, same guy. This year, they were like, "The dunk contest has never been more dead." The inherent thing about the dunk <laughs> contest is most of the time it's going to be bad, but it's hilarious when it's bad. So yeah, it's better like, than anything on TV. Like. Well, that's the other thing is um, I realize that Jalen Brown dunking over a five foot three YouTube streamer mm -hmm. and making him sit down for that uh -huh. attempt is one of the worst dunks in NBA dunk contest history. But I love watching the worst dunks in NBA yeah. history. How many times have you watched Michael Finley do a cartwheel so or Daryl Armstrong shoot a layup or I mean, look. The or the, 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 the Wright Brothers dunk. The Wright Brothers dunk is one of the, one of the greatest things I've ever seen. Go to our t-shirt store and buy the John Collins airplane dunk. I've yeah. never laughed harder at my television. It's watching so good. It's like, you want these guys. And 
I will I will suggest one change mm-hmm. for the dunk contest. Now, you could put it second to last instead of last, but really just get Kenny Smith off that. Well, Kenny he's, Smith was like wasted this year. <laughs> I know, but he's like complaining. Have somebody yeah. who's can take it in a spirit of camp that Shaq? the dunk contest is intended to. Shaq is good Shaq at it. There. Shaq there. Shaq, Shaq, it. Shaq loves it. Yeah. You need you need to have someone who actually likes it. Reggie Miller talking about a dunk contest is like, can you even dunk? Like, why? Let's but not also, have the haters there. Here's announcing something it. I actually think they can fix that everyone claims they love, uh-huh. but they're wrong. Is the three point shootout. The three-point shootout is boring. It's the same thing over and over again. And they showed how to fix it this year, which is have everyone shoot once. <laughs> oh, yeah. There, there's no reason to shoot four times. I don't need to well, watch Well, they, they normally only shoot twice. They shot three times this year because of I don't, the tie that, That's an insane tiebreaker. <laughs> the tiebreaker should be one. Like, everybody shoots a starry ball. Yeah, it was it so doesn't need to be a full though, round. to watch Steph and Sabrina shoot one time. Yeah, that was that was good. Everyone shoots I, once. That's no, I like, I like two rounds. Yeah, I just don't think the three rounds like, is this excessive. This is the marquee one, and it's like, because there's famous guys doing it because it's easy. That's why you think it's better. It's not better than the dunk contest. It, I'm I it it's really easy to figure out what's happening, and it's yeah. it's it's a minute and ten seconds long. Yeah. I think that part of it's great. I did kind of like when they used to just shoot at the same time on different yeah. ends of the court. I understand why they don't do that, but uh, no, the three point contest was great this year. Yeah. Um, anyway, anyway, uh, but yeah, just just get someone who's into dunking. Yeah, and uh, th- them them giving decimal scores is very weird. Like, I I mean, look, there's nothing funnier. This year was funny. It's so funny. A pacer, an old man Indiana pacer who I've barely ever heard of, gave the best dunk of the night of forty six, like the lowest score he gave. It's yeah. hilarious. That's funny. His That's name's so Dr. Funny. Dunk. Yeah, it's amazing. It rules. There's yeah. no need to fix anything. To uh, be honest, to be honest, I would like to see six contestants well, and cut it down to two at the end. Yeah. Like, who cares? Like, but the problem is people come again, it's like Adam Silver. Make it so that the people announcing it celebrate the dunks. Mm-hmm. So Kenny Smith's just too old to do it. Get a younger man. Get Vince Carter. Get Shaq. Like and then, because obviously you don't want to do the dunk contest because people are shitting on the dunk contest yeah. all the time. Like, just fix yourself, not the fix yourself. Weekend. The dunk contest is fun <laughs> yeah. all the time. It's just inherently fun to watch people dunk. Yeah. Now look, it is also hilarious that everybody booed Jalen Brown all the time. Yeah, uh, it was great. Also love funny. It. Yeah, yeah, love it. Everything's funny about the dunk contest, whether it's good or bad. Um. And it's funny because things get colored in people's minds now, right? It's like mm-hmm. everybody thinks that Nate Robinson was like this great dunk contest contestant. But <laughs> Nate Robinson, who won it three times, love Nate. We we are a pro-Nate Robinson contest. Yeah, he's cool. He was bad in the dunk contest. He would have to try those dunks like nine times <laughs> until he did them. It's hilarious. <laughs> um, All right. 
that uh sean did you want to do a robin lopez thing real quick real quick real quick sure. uh our our friend of the podcast robin lopez uh was traded from the bucks to the sacramento kings he is still he has not been signed by an nba team i just wanted to um uh i'm trying to get linkedin to sponsor us joey mm-hmm. i want right. to suggest some jobs for robin lopez and you um you just let me know i'm trying to find only jobs he's qualified for I mean, that's a lot of jobs. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Pixar only has five jobs available. He would have to be on site in Emeryville. Uh, I don't think he could be a senior software engineer or work on the Presto execution uh, engine. So, Joey, do you think he would be suited more to be a safety and security officer at Pixar or a sous chef? Um, I don't think he can be the safety and security officer because he has bought stolen goods from a place that he loves too much before. Well, also, I worry that would happen again. (laughs) Also, don't you think there's a little bit of a risk uh, with his history with mascots that he would accidentally um, injure a furry Pixar style creature? Yeah. Yeah. Um, sous chef, I think he'd probably be pretty good at. Well, the other thing that's great is it's very easy to be a sous chef at Pixar because there's actually a rat that sits on your head and gives you instructions. Mm -hmm. So that's all right. So he could be sous chef or temp sous chef. Um, so Disney, Disney, I think, I think that he should be either, um, a WABC entertainment reporter in New York. He's already lived in New York. I love it. That's perfect. And uh, the other question is a uh, Disney television animation, current series and development intern for summer, fall of 2024. That might hurt I his ability to get qualified for that. Frankly. Well, I mean, he's uh, he's a self-motivated candidate. <laughs> I think he's passionate about animation. He embraces innovation and has a strong desire to learn and grow. Um, oh, he definitely has knowledge of the brands analytical comprehension and a great attitude and warm personality this is pretty good yeah it's perfect for him yeah because i think he's better that's better than the fx uh editorial internship but i think also i think he could be a marvel creative strategy and development intern i was just gonna say there's a marketing strategy intern opening for summer fall 2004 24 at lucasfilm i think he'd love that job Okay, that's a really good job for yeah. him too. Um, and then you know, this is a little bit of a uh, a different. Um, hold, oh wait, hold on, hold on, I gotta pull it up. Uh, I think that while it kind of sucks that these are only con- contract jobs available. I could definitely see uh, Robin Lopez become like a product manager in charge of monetization for Meta because one of these roles is about monetizing the metaverse. Now, he would have to move to Menlo Park for this, but, you know, I think he can probably afford even that expensive real estate. But uh, it's the driver for identifying significant opportunities. He incorporates data and helps to uh, monetize the metaverse. So I think... That, that would be a little bit of a, a stretch for him, maybe, but I think it would be a good chance. He did go to Stanford, so yeah. the, you automatically get those jobs, right? Yeah. Um, and let me check one more thing. And this is uh, this is just because he could live at uh, Robin's house in Orlando. 
but uh, I think that he could definitely be, um, first of all, a lifeguard at the job fair, which is happening on Monday, March 11th, if he hasn't signed yet. But then uh, I think he could be a really good tree trimmer slash arborist at Walt Disney World. Well, I've He's got very another tall. good one for you, Sean. Okay. Uh, Disney Store Keyholder cast member part-time at the Disney Store in Tulalip, Washington. How about that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. Well, he is a big Mariners fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Loves the Mariner booth. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, I think he could be an entertainment stage technician. Obviously, part-time or full-time, and that job pays $20 an hour. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think it would probably come with the season pass, so... He's basically making money at that point. Um, great. Robin, we love you. I hope you get a job soon. Yeah, I will um, recommend any of your skills on LinkedIn. Yeah. Uh, Sean, that's our episode. Uh, I should say, Sean and I both appeared on um, Is This Good? Our friends Matt with our friends Matt and JD. Uh, I think that goes up today or tomorrow or something or Monday or something. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you want to plug? Like perhaps your album, America's Uncle Dad. Oh, thanks, out? Joey. That yeah. is available for pre-order. It comes out on March 15th because I am a Brutus supporter. That's right. Mm-hmm. In your face, Caesar. Um, <laughs> you can order that. Uh, you can search for America's Uncle Dad on Apple Music. Uh, you can order it on Bandcamp and it's from Blonde Medicine Records and I will be revealing the Too Hot for iTunes album art next week. Uh, great. And then uh, as for me, I got to hold on, type in Muniz here in the search bar. <laughs> um, you can always follow me on Twitter at Frankie Muniz, where on um, February 17th, I tweeted a vid- an Instagram reel of myself driving a Ford race car and said, holy cow emoji, I'm an Xfinity driver. Super oh, grateful for at Ford Performance for believing in me and for this insanely cool car design for my debut. Should we make a die cast of this one? Uh, thoughtful emoji. The problem is that uh, when you're sponsored by Xfinity, your start time for the race is like this three hour window and you have no idea when you're going to actually get to start and you just have to stay in the cockpit and wait. Also, Frankie Muniz is selling an incredible t-shirt at MunizRacing.com right now. You might want to go check that out. Sean, have you yeah. seen the new Frankie Muniz's new t-shirt? I'm going to look right I'm now. Sending it, I'm sending it to the okay. chat right now. Okay. Hold on. Where did they put the chat in Zoom? Zoom, stop moving where the chat is um there you go there's a it's in the chat um so buy our john collins airplane dunk t-shirt and then go to munizracing.com and buy this frankie muniz uh racing t-shirt um this is truly incredible yeah uh, he looks like he's maybe 55 years old and of a different race yeah it's great and Uh, he's also posing like it's a glamour shot this is incredible it's amazing well Um, i'll be i'll be ordering that right now (laughs) (laughs) uh trust the process trust the process shut it down let's all remember our pokus and of course fix yourself not the all-star game 
It was a trade deadline. Shim's in the panic room. Wendy was on the set trying to pursue some news on the deals so I can get some scoops. Never will reveal the J.R. Smith soup. Just watch Kenny and Chuck on TNT on a mission trying to find Mr. Wendy B. About to drink one third of an MGD. Zelo's grit and sources anonymity. So I grabbed my phone while Rachel was debating. I hit the wrong button and it started updating. I look at the screen, said 4% done. I turned to Bond Temps and said, damn, I'm sunk. Trying to think of 10 more things that I think I like. Wendy's bone is crashing like Jay Williams on a bike. On to bigger, better things than court design. Get my own Blackberry and put it online. I'm getting scooped. I'm losing to Chris Haynes. I'm disappearing. Just like David Blaine, I'll lose my job. I'll lose my shoe deal. I'll look up and Woj says they're trading Bradley Beal. They got Wendy freezing up and Paul Pierce is around. Gonna jump in there and bust like Kwame Brown. Drop an analytic knowledge about team rebound. And I fell asleep trying to watch Black Hawk down. They got sources with sources. The trade is going down. It don't make sense. The cap is going down. To Omaha, I'll fly. It's a panic attack. They look to the wings and I see my homie Zach. Salaries don't match. Don't have the cap space. CBA rules about to put egg on Woj's faith. Joe Harris texted me he's gonna sign for A. Zelo and Wendy B are gonna aggregate. Funny story, when Jerome James hit me in the face with a basketball, Michael McDonald helped me up. I took him to the low post and let my notebook explode. Now I'm switching my mind back into beer mode. Everyone on the jump knows they got wrecked. So I grab a German beer, I say, what up, X? Now Zach grabbed a beer, he'll only drink half. But before my home died, I had news about Shaq. Shut up, shut up, do not blog. Don't want you to quote me. Ain't heard it from Wendy. Forget what you heard, I'm still a stat nerd. But I love watching film the most. It's how I spend my time when I'm on the Croatian coast. Thinking about Luke Walton all sides. I thought, ooh, I'm changing that name. Because he got me too, and he don't coach good. It's just not the same. I got a belly full of hop, and I'm away from my spouse. The next stop is Kevin Onowitz's house. Zach, you know what I keep forgetting? How delicious a sun basket meal can be cooked in your own home and delivered right to your house. But only cause they make me Don't understand a single Drake meme Makes me feel like I have a brain tumor A rumor is a fact and a fact is a rumor Quotes, facts, reacts, commentary Where truth is checked And blue checks give truth If you don't like CeeLo You don't want to step to this It's the Low Post Era Podcasting about Luka Doncic and if you drink like I drink, then there's Sam Adams in the fridge. And if your wife is Croatian, then never talk about your kids. powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. 
The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.